0: Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Amen. Well, we're going to be diving into James 5 in just a minute, but before we do that, uh, I just we, we've already been in prayer, and we're going to continue throughout the service today, but I just felt led to pause for a moment. Um, we, we don't always take time, every service, to pray about things that are happening in our world, but sometimes we have to, sometimes we must, and so today is a Sunday like that. I just want to pray specifically uh, for our brothers and sisters in, in Ukraine today, and uh, at a time and a season where our hearts are broken and we cry out to the Lord. Um, Today, there's power in doing that individually, and we've been doing that, and some of us have been doing that in our groups uh, that we're a part of. But today, I just wanted to pause for a minute um, as a church family and come before the Lord in prayer. I read this morning 1.5 million people have had to flee uh, the country. It's the biggest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. And uh, I'm so grateful for uh, the church, Universal, the Church of the Nazarene. Our brothers and sisters are there in Kiev, and they've been updating uh, through social media. But would you just pause? I, I know that you've been praying as, a, as believers in Christ, but would you just pause with me? Would you bow your heads for just a minute? And uh, let's, let's just pause kind of our normal <laughs> and um, cry out uh, this morning to the Lord on behalf, uh, on behalf of these needs. God, we, we see... Uh, needs like this we see brokenness like this we see and it's it's complicated and we don't understand except to say oh lord be near oh lord be close oh lord would you comfort those right now um, that that are in the midst of this war would you would you bring peace lord peace that that goes beyond our understanding into, uh, into those in leadership, into those responding to this international crisis. And Lord, we just stand in the gap today. First, for, for our brothers and sisters, for the church. There in Ukraine, we ask in these days that the church would be the church as they're welcoming people into their homes, as they're, as they're doing whatever they can uh, to, to meet the needs, tangible needs of those around them. We pray your blessing and, and, and your increase in your kingdom, even in the midst of incredible disruption. But Lord, we just pray for all people, for all people who bear your image, Lord. That are there uh, in the midst of this crisis, our hearts break for them, and we cry out for you, Lord, and we know that you're close to the brokenhearted, and so as we just pause for a minute today (laughs) to acknowledge their pain and to feel their hurt, God, we we are confident that you're a God that's close to them today, so be near, uh, rescue, redeem, restore, and move in a way that only you can, Lord. We long for the day, as we read in Revelation, when you will make all things new. We long for that moment. And until then, God, we just pray, be close, be near. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for your continued prayers uh, this morning. I I wanna begin with a story uh, when I felt powerless. I don't know if you've ever felt powerless in your life. I have many times and there's many stories, but I was thinking of one specific example in my life where I felt totally powerless, And it won't surprise you that it has something to do with an automobile, uh, if you know me. So we were driving to see my family in Richmond for Thanksgiving, and uh, not a long drive from here in the valley to there. And so we were about 20 minutes away from arriving um, the day before Thanksgiving. And you know how that goes, you've got your food in the car, and you kids are thrown in the back and whatever, and we're about 20 miles away, and I hear a thud. Now, thuds are probably never a good thing when you're going down the highway. Did somebody fall out? No, we're here. But then it was like a thud and a pop and a sputter, 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 and I was like, okay, something's not right here, and so we pull over on the side of Interstate 64 on one of the busiest travel days of the year, and uh, I don't know a lot about vehicles, you know, so I know where the gas goes, and I know where the oil goes, and I know the flux capacitor is up front somewhere. See what I did there? Some of you didn't follow that. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm not a genius, but I realized really quickly, oh, my, my tire is flat. Not just flat, it's been obliterated. Like, it, whoa, shouldn't there be a tire there? It's not there anymore. And so I realized uh, the task at hand is changing a flat tire. And I I got taught how to do that back in the day. And so I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, the kids are like, dad, what's going on? And Lauren's like, we need to call help you. I'm like, no, no, I can do this. I can do it. And so I I knew where the spare tire was. And so I'm kind of assessing the situation. And then this, this poor bystander pulls over because he's like, this guy has no clue what he's doing. Let me help. Maybe he just had sympathy for my, my kids and my family. And so he's trying to help. And we can't get the spare tire loose. They put these like special lug nuts on that were designed by astronauts or something. And you can't ever get it. I don't know. Why. So, so we're there. The guy that knows something about it can't help me. I can't do it. We're on the side of Interstate 64. People are just buzzing by, kind of looking at you like, uh. and I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I felt totally powerless. I couldn't fix it. The guy that looked like he could do something couldn't fix it. And here we are. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Just powerless. Like, here's the, I can't do anything about this in this moment. And and I'm still here. We didn't die on the side of 64 that day. So, So my parents came and rescued us. And hours later, after waiting for a shop on the night before Thanksgiving to fix my tire, here we are. So so we were saved, but, but, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Those moments in life where you just feel stuck or overwhelmed or, or like you're, you're trying everything you can. You would do anything you can to fix it and you just can't. Well, this morning we're going to talk about power and it's not really about your power and my power, but it is about a power that's available to us that we have access to and maybe we forget Maybe we don't tap into it. Maybe we don't always have our eyes and ears open to this power that's available to us right now today. But it's a power that can change your life. So turn with me. We're in James 5 today. We are on a journey through the book of James. We've made it uh, to chapter 5. And, And James is coming now to the end of his letter. And this is a letter he's written to believers This is a letter that's written to believers that are experiencing incredibly difficult days, persecution, hard times. And he's coming to the end of his letter. And the reason this matters is because these are some of the last words that he's going to speak before he's martyred for his faith. James will literally lose his life. Because he claims the name Jesus, because he claims to follow Jesus. And so more, more than likely, the people that are reading these words in James 5 as they come to the end of the letter, they're going to read these words hearing the news that the author of these words, Jesus' brother James, has, has lost his life, has been martyred for the faith. And so the weight of these words matter as we're thinking, how do you, how do you end all the good things that James has said? We come to the end of the chapter and these are some of his final reminders. So it's, it's maybe not, it's maybe not ironic that these final words are, are about the power, the power of prayer. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we read God's word. We're going to be in James five, starting with verse 13. If you're able to stand, uh, you can stand with us as we read God's word today. I'll have it on the screen behind me. Uh, or in front of me, we're going to be James 5:13 through 16 today. Uh, this is the word of the Lord for us. It says this: "Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. That's not like in trouble, like you got caught stealing a cookie and you're in time out trouble. No, that's in trouble, like in a time of trial, in a season of difficulty. You're in a storm and literally let them pray. If you were to translate that from the Greek, it's, 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 it's best translated he or she must pray. Is anyone in trouble? He must pray. She must pray. That's what James is, is saying here. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, because of that, James says, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and active. And as James wrote these words to believers thousands of years ago, that they were speaking then and they're speaking now. And so we thank you that there's incredible power available to us through your word and through these words written that we're gonna uh, spend some time reading and, and, and leaning into this morning. So thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you sit down, say, I've got, I've got the power. You can have a seat. If you're like an 80s or 90s kid, that, that tune comes in. I've got the power. I looked at it this morning. I have no other idea what other lyrics are in that song. I've got the, I've got the power. He kind of sings it like that. I don't always sing that high, but if you know the song. Some of you are like, what, what is that? You can look it up later on YouTube. So, so James, again, he's coming to the end of his letter, and it shouldn't surprise us that his plea... He, 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 he is prayer, the power of prayer. And, and specifically, the reason it's so important is because he outlines every circumstance in life. Look at the, the specific ones he has here. If, if you're in trouble, right? If you're happy, if you're sick, if, if you've sinned. And, and James, I believe it's not that these are, are the exhaust. I believe there's 20 more categories he could have listed, right? If, if you're broken, if you're troubled, if, if all of the different circumstances, if, if you're depressed, if you're lonely, if you're grateful, right? All of the different circumstances, the point here, James is saying, in every single one of these circumstances, no matter what, go to him. Come to him in joy, in sorrow, in need, in brokenness, in sin. Come to him. And so it's not, it's not just a chance then that, that these are words the, the, some of the final words that James wants to leave with his believers. Uh, prayer is, first and foremost, what is it? It is coming to the Lord. It, it's coming to him. May, maybe you know a lot about prayer. Maybe you've prayed a lot. Maybe you haven't. Uh, maybe it's, it's just kind of a flippant thing. Somebody's going through a hard time. Hey, I'll pray for you. And it, it's kind of trying to understand what is. Well, prayer is in its simplest form. What is prayer really about? It's really about coming to the Lord. It's coming to him. It's Because of that, it's really what is prayer. It's it's our declaring our dependence on him. And that's what James is saying. Look, if you're in trouble, if you're experiencing good things, if you're sick, if you're in sin, come to him in prayer no matter what. Because this is what it means to depend on him no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation. That's what prayer is. That's why it matters in our lives that we pray because we're saying in every circumstance, in every situation, no matter what's happening in my life, God, you are the source. You're the one that's Lord of my life. You're in charge, and so I'm going to keep coming to you. That's why when Jesus, when Jesus, we, we read these words a few weeks ago in connection with James, when Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. What what he was really saying is ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking because he he wants believers, he wants those that would claim faith in him to understand that prayer is this dependence and constant dependence on him, coming to him time and time and time again. So, So James is saying prayer is first and foremost, it's coming to him. No matter what's going on, no matter how you feel, no matter what is happening, come to him. But, but second, you see here in the text that prayer, prayer does something in me as I pray. James is really trying to communicate this to believers. Something happens in our lives as we pray. Something happens. I mean, look, that, that he talks about uh, healing He talks about confession and forgiveness, and um, these are powerful words, images, that James is painting for believers as they pray, that, that something happens. Something happens in us as we pray. That our, our minds are transformed, not on the earthly thoughts and, and on the barriers that we have in front of us and on everything going on around us, but when I, again, what is prayer? It's coming to him. When I come to him in prayer, he begins to give me his thoughts in, in, in his mind, that his attitude. So Something happens as I pray, and, and sometimes we view prayer as like, well, God, I'm just gonna come to you and I'm gonna tell you I need this and you better do this. And I said, I'd pray for him. So I'm gonna pray for him. And man, that's all well and good. God loves to hear our burdens, but sometimes as we pray, it's as much, no, 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 it's more about what God wants to do in me, in my heart, in my mind, as I spend time, what I'm coming to him and I'm acknowledging your Lord and your God and you're in control, no matter the circumstance. And God does something in us as we pray as we pray. But but next, look, don't lose sight of this. James also wants us to know that, that, that it's not just that God does something in me. God does something in, in us together as we pray. These instructions are not just individualistic instructions. This is not just a specific call to specific individuals. When you get home to your car and you or you go into your garage and shut it and don't have any, when you get alone in your room and when you have your quiet time, that's good. That's important. But listen, James, this is communal language. He talks about gathering together, confessing together, seeking healing together in community, because the truth is it's not just that something happens in me as I pray, something happens in us as we pray together. See, that's the danger of becoming so isolated in our faith. That Our faith is, is personal. Don't get me wrong, it's true. But, but, but interesting, in our kind of Western context, we tend to make everything about Scripture individualistic. My relationship with God, my journey, my faith, my prayer. And that's, that's beautiful and in many extents it's biblical. But sometimes the danger we have in, in the world in which we live in America in 2020, we make everything individualistic. And so we, we tend to miss, we tend to bypass the sections of scripture, the call to scripture. That is deeply communal. And James is not just giving individual instructions on prayer, he's giving a, a corporate invitation to the power of praying together. Something happens, not just in me when I pray, something happens in us when we pray together. I remember um, there, there's been several powerful moments of this in my life, but I remember one specifically uh, when our pastors and staff get together during the week, one of the things that we do often is pray. We pray, we pray for each other, we pray for you, we pray for the church. We pray for for those outside of believers that are struggling, other parts of the world. We pray for those that don't even yet know Christ, that God would give us a heart and a mission. But I remember one specific time, one specific Monday, we were gathering together and praying several years ago and there was just a heavy burden I had on my heart for some people in my life. And they they were making bad choices some destructive behaviors. It felt overwhelming to me. It felt hopeless. It felt, what, what was the story of the beginning? Powerless. God, this is overwhelming. There's nothing I can do here. And I was just praying and and quietly to myself and as I was praying we were just having this kind of corporate time to pray right and and somebody else started praying a prayer that that I needed and I, I didn't have the words of that moment I didn't know what to say in that moment but as they started to pray something was happening in my heart and then someone else started to pray they had no idea what I was thinking about I didn't say hey can you pray for this they were praying about a scripture something the Lord had put on their heart but I'm just here to say in the room at that moment as other people started to pray God was doing something in me why because praying together matters It matters. It matters. And and faith rises up in the room. That's why gathering like this matters, because God does something when we gather together in community. We may not always be able to describe it. We may not even always understand it, but biblically, it's clear James wants to remind believers something happens in us when we pray. We're strengthened. We're encouraged. We're healed as we pray together. As we have the courage to come together in prayer, there's power, power in the body of believers praying, praying in community. But finally, you gotta, you gotta know that the James is saying prayer is powerful. It's powerful. We we see that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful ineffective. I don't often write in the margins of my Bible a lot, but I wrote this down because the message paraphrase of that verse is really cool. Uh, It says this, prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Think about that. The prayer of someone living in right relationship with God, oh man, that is something powerful to be reckoned with. That's what James is saying. When we're in right relationship with God, Our prayers, they do something. Literally, that Greek word for for effective, it literally means it does work. Think about that. The prayer of the one that's in right relationship with God, it does work. It does something. And I'm like, well, how do you explain that? How do you describe it? All I can tell you is I've experienced, I've experienced the power of prayer doing work in my life and in the lives of those around me. And that's what James is desperately telling these believers who are experiencing storms are experiencing hard moments. He's writing these words as he will face his death, his martyrdom in the very near future. But he's saying, don't miss the power that you have in prayer. And here's the deal. Here's here's my takeaway as I read these words. I think as believers, we often underestimate the power that's available to us in prayer. Maybe, Maybe we don't believe it, Maybe we've heard about it so much. Maybe prayer has become such just a, I pray before I I'm, meet, I'm, yeah, God, thanks for what I have. I'm drifting off to sleep at night. God, thank you for the, and I'm out. You know, it's just become such a, kind of a throwaway thing in my life that I miss the power that's available to me right now in prayer. I wrote this down and I have it on the screen. I think this is a really important truth for us today. You see, prayer is not, a last resort for the powerless. It's not, I come to the end of my rope and I do everything that I can do and I'm powerless, so let me pray now. That's not it. James is saying it's not a last resort for the powerless. You know what it is? It's the first weapon we have from an all-powerful God. The truth is, in your life and in my life today, there is never a moment when we're powerless. Think about that. There is never a moment in your life today, right now, where you are powerless because what is prayer? It's the first weapon we have from an all-powerful God. What is prayer? It's coming to him, an all-powerful God. What is prayer? Prayer does something in me as I pray. Prayer does something in us as we pray and prayer is powerful. That's the truth from James 5 today. This morning, we're going to intentionally do something different. If you're new or visiting, um, this is a little bit different for us. Don't be scared or worried. But, but uh, I, I believe as we were preparing to, to read these words from James 5, and part of the heartbeat of James, the brother of Jesus, often as he speaks, he, he says, you know, don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. Act upon it. And so today, I don't, I don't really just want to preach about praying. I want to pray. <laughs> I don't want to just talk about what the scripture said. I think that's important. I hope it's been insightful for you today. But I want to, I want to take some time to pray. Now, we do that every, that, that's important. That's why we pray when we gather corporately. But, but I just sense today, I just sense today that, that it would honor the Lord if we would take some extra time in our service to set aside some extra moments together to, to pray, to put these words into practice. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you. Would you uh, bow your heads for a minute? And we've, we've got some time. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to set aside some time. And we're going to pray through the scripture. We're going to pray through the scripture. So this is not my idea. This is not my thoughts. This is the word of the Lord that we've just read. And we're going to spend some time praying. And so what does James 5 says? If any one of you is in trouble, let them pray. Today, maybe you find yourself in trouble. In difficult moments and difficult circumstances. What is James 5 says? Therefore, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you can be healed. I want to begin this time, and, and Haley's gonna lead us in a song as we pray. But but this morning, I just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I want us to begin with a time of prayer in the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulty. I, 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 wanna, I wanna invite you now to prayers where we cry out to the Lord. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. The one who cry out to me, that's the one I can comfort. That's the one I can come near to. And so some of us today, we're, we're in a time of trouble. We're in a season of trouble. We're in a storm right now and, and we need to cry out. There's others of us today that we're in sin. There's something separating us from God. And right now, and right now, we we need to cry out to him. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to, what is prayer? Coming to him. And so what are we going to do? If something is separating us from God, it may be an attitude. It may be a habit. It may be some sin in our life that we've tolerated too long. And so today, what is prayer? It's coming to him. I'm not going to allow this gap, this barrier between me and the all-powerful God. I'm going to come to him. And so today, in trouble. Maybe even in, in, in sin, a heavy burden, I'm going to invite you. So, so we're going to pray now as uh, Haley leads us in a song. And you might want to kneel at your, your chair right there. You might just want to turn it into an altar to say, God, this is, this is a time where I want to cry out to you. But, Father, we we pray now. We pray. We don't just hear these words about prayer. We pray now, and we cry out to you, and we know that you hear us, and we know that you're near. We confess to you the things in our lives that separate from you, the barriers we build, the walls that we build to keep you at an arm's distance in today. We come to you in prayer because we believe that prayer is the first weapon that we have from an all-powerful God. And so today, we do battle in the midst of our storm. We do battle against the forces of the enemy that want to seek to kill and destroy us. We come to you now in prayer. Church family, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.